mm-hmm. you know, some organizations are going to have significant emissions drivers that um, are really you know, hampering their ability to, to achieve the kind of sustainability that they want to achieve. So by understanding the bigger picture and what's actually available and appropriate to that client, then you can start to show how those savings can then free up budget to then start to then be implemented in other areas. Hello and welcome to Navigating ESG in Facilities in the Workplace. My name is Darren Pardy and I'm delighted to be joined by Alan Stenson, who is the CEO at Neutral Carbon Zone. Alan, thanks very much for joining me. How are you today? Absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, great. Very good. Thank you. Good to good to be with you today. Thank you for joining. Um, Alan, you are the CEO of Neutral Carbon Zone. How did that happen? Where, where did you start with that? How did you get into sustainability, if you don't mind me asking? So you'd have to roll all the way back to 2006. So I'm now coming into my 17th year in sustainability. And uh, it really came about because I wanted to, to provide something that was different, uh, where you know where you're looking at um, providing products and services to a client. If you can do that in an, an environmentally responsible and ethical way, then that was very much what my uh, priority was. And then forgive the, the horrific pun it organically grew from there because people were starting to see that actually you know if we're sourcing products and services uh in a responsible manner that's great but what can we do ourselves how can you turn that into to, to what what we do as an organization and that's really where it started to take off but uh, i can i can be very honest and say that you know back in 2006 uh going green was was definitely a tough sell um, I'm sure you can probably guess some of the responses that we get when we'd ask to speak to people about their carbon footprint. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's yeah, I mean it's it's been a it's been a roller coaster. But we fortunately we've we've been able to work with a lot of uh, very early adopters. We've been able mm-hmm. to help them uh, create um, pioneering new programs that have helped at least in some way shape areas of the market. So it, it's been it's been a real uh, a journey when starting you know back in 2006 when carbon management really wasn't necessarily a thing and uh and it it certainly wasn't in the voluntary sector Mm. so um that's been that's been how you know we've been able to really drill down into to what's actually required so when people are looking to establish something credible something that's actually going to genuinely deliver change it's we've always had to go into the detail and we've had to, to really assist the client to find out what specifically they could be doing, what's appropriate for them and, uh, and put that together in a way that's commercially viable. Yeah. I remember in 2008 when I was involved in a kind of sustainable logistics project um, back then, the, the kind of view on environmentally friendly, the, you know, green services is that actually there was a premium associated to those services. And I don't think you, you, you think necessarily that way, much much anymore and it obviously it's changed over the years but before we get into that we've got five quick fire questions okay um about you um favorite film uh the shawshank redemption good choice uh, favorite song oh uh i actually really like free falling by john mayer at the moment yeah very cool very cool no judgment it's uh, it's good it's very very easy <laughs> to get it justin bieber or something I'm, I'm yeah sure. yeah there we are uh, favorite band or artist Oh, uh, the Beatles. Good choice. Uh, favorite place to go in the world could be anywhere in the world, even local. Um, Venice. Very nice. Uh, and do you like pineapple on your pizza? 
Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there we are. Okay, <laughs> never mind. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no judgment, but uh, just a, a facial reaction. Um, so how has sustainability, in your eyes, kind of changed over the years? Oh, it's uh, it's almost unrecognizable. I mean, like I said, 17 years, never mind 17 years, it's the 17 months uh, <laughs> it, um, it's changed massively. I mean, it, we've seen practically a full 180 degree turnaround when it comes to the level of priority uh, that people are, are applying to sustainability. Now, it, people are realizing that this is, uh, it's a hygiene aspect. It's not a nice to have, it's a must have. And mm. without it, organizations are missing out on tenders or in some cases not even able to submit an interest to tender because they just haven't got the the relevant ESG credentials in place mm -hmm. um the the level of expectation um being applied uh to go into the specifics so it's 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 gone beyond uh you know a certificate to say you know look how good we are it's the specifics involved in the actual cost of doing business so people know what the price is but what's the actual environmental cost specifically related to the products and services that that you're providing and that's yeah. the kind of detail that people are are asking for but we you know we're seeing that i mean there was a recent kpmg survey that showed that um a fifth of uk workers have at some point turned down a job offer because they didn't feel that the esg credentials of the business were strong enough mm. and if you flip that round there's actually i think it's 55 percent of certainly within the 25 to 34 age group um cited that strong esg uh, commitments were a reason to want to work for an organization so it, it's it's definitely changing um yeah. the you know the the, the level of uh, if interest uh, priority uh, has just significantly increased and i think um probably where you look at uh cop 26 being um, hosted here in the uk that really certainly helped yeah. in the sense that it, it brought it to uh the mainstream so people were certainly a lot more aware of uh, of, of what uh, can happen what they should be doing you know time frames um also you know covid as, as horrific as that was um it actually it's estimated that emissions dropped by 5.8 percent over that time frame and people wow. it doesn't sound like an awful lot but it's actually the equivalent of the whole emissions of the the european union so it's it's a right. significant reduction in global yeah. gas emissions um It'd just be nice to, to achieve those sort of reductions without the the, the assistance of a pandemic this time. But um, it at least showed people that that change and reductions can be achieved. This isn't just a pie in the sky. Like if we do things more efficiently, it could be better. They can see that you know change can actually happen. So um, my message at the moment is that it's 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 not too late and it can be done. But we we definitely have to take action now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, you've mentioned essentially, you mentioned the word tenders. So there's an interest for companies to really buy into sustainability because of the winning of work, the, the bringing in of revenue. You've also mentioned staff, you know, the, the attracting of talent, bringing in good staff um, that do have other options and do look at uh, organizations, ESG strategies. And then I suppose you've also got just the the senior leadership team and their own ethics and morals and wanting to really push that. Do, 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 do you think it's with some companies, I imagine it's, it's a combination, but but do you ever experience companies where it's more kind of led towards the winning of work or more to, to, to attracting talent? Yeah, I mean, I would say certainly in years past, absolutely. Um, if we were talking to someone about uh, looking at the, increasing their level of sustainability, 
a number of years ago, you'd almost always have to ensure that that was being driven from a commercial perspective um, so that if they could reduce emissions, they could therefore reduce cost and become more commercially viable. Um, also to win new business so that they can use it as a differentiator. That's kind of that, that differentiator element has, has certainly um, continued. However, now the shift that we're seeing is that there's because that expectation is so high, of course, all organizations that are tendering for work need to be demonstrating that they um, they can show that they're taking credible steps towards uh, reducing their environmental impact. But now it's got to the point where they need to show that they're, uh, um, they're in control of their environmental impact, but also what kind of assistance will they give the client in achieving their net zero uh, goals and, and aspirations. So it's yep. really, it's, in, it's increasing that level of collaboration, working rather than as a supplier, as a partner, so that, you know, you're cementing that relationship. And I think, of yep. course, you know, it's, it's a benefit to, to win business. And we're seeing within tenders, the percentage being awarded for sustainability is mm. it's really high now, um, yep. so much more than it ever was before. So, it, it, yes, people are going to look at it as, as to, you know, how can I be um, competitive? How can I drive that value? But we're, we're seeing more uh, companies wanting to actually do that because they want to. It's part that yep. they've kind of integrated it into their into their operations they've integrated it into their company so it, it's it becomes part of the fabric of who they are yeah it's and a culture thing isn't it yeah absolutely and that's where success that's where it needs to go and that's where we're seeing success um being achieved um in in the best possible way because it's not sort of a you know a tick box exercise in fact yeah. one of the hashtags that we have on any sort of post that we put is not just a tick box yeah because if you're doing it for those reasons to a certain degree, you're going to be doing something good for the environment. But yep. the reality is, in, in the in the environment that we're now in, if you're doing it for those reasons, that that will very very quickly become um, not enough. Um, it's yep. you know if you're if you're ticking the box to look good and, and raise your profile, mm. that will you might as well chuck that certificate in the bin as soon as the the client then asks for the specifics. So yeah, you know, based on the business that we have, what's the Im impact on us? To yep. continue for that work, if if you can't answer those questions, then it doesn't matter how shiny the certificate is, it's it's not enough. Okay, and yeah, I agree. I, I think it becomes apparent. It becomes obvious if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. I think your Absolutely. clients and your staff will be able to quickly figure out that you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Um. So so, how does your company help FM organisations and the workplace with um? improving sustainability and, and helping local communities so it's really about i mean we break it down into phases so it's really about making sure that the organization in question can firstly understand where they are so we can baseline their emissions so that them as a as an organization and the this kind of nucleus of the company they can understand what their impact is uh, and then by doing such and you don't just know what your footprint is you know where it's coming from and what what you could be then doing to target and have a strategic approach to, to finding those reductions becoming more sustainable and so on and then particularly within fm there's a lot of service providers for instance so the the impact of the products or services that they provide the client on their sites yep. is significantly more than their own footprint so when when you look at the operational side of things it's about establishing an integrated program for them to be able to deliver that service to the client but not negatively impact on that client because yeah. 
you, it's always important to remember that this, the products or services that you're being that you're providing are actually your clients' scope three emissions because they've commissioned it to happen. So, yeah. and it's a difficult scenario because that client has no financial or operational control over those products or services. That's that's your bit. So, if yeah. you then become the supply partner that's actually providing that, but but actually providing the information that they need that's mm. really critical to their wider scope three emissions, then suddenly you become incredibly valuable because that's mm. that's a part of the process that they can't get without you. So yeah. by integrating it in, you're improving your own sustainability, you're making yourself more attractive as a supply partner, more valuable, but you're also then really assisting uh, the client. And then that filters out so that that ripple effect of emissions could be a hundred times your own carbon footprint. Yeah. Um, so by not ignoring that and by helping and collaborating and engaging and therefore potentially influencing, you can have a much bigger impact overall to reduce emissions across the board. Yeah. And, and that's what it's going to take. You know, we, 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 uh, we're, we're in an industry where uh, the, the impact that, and the reach that, that, that facilities management has is significant. I mean, I did a thought leadership piece for um, World FM Day last year, and I identified the fact that unlike a lot of other industries, um, the uh, facilities management industry has and can have a positive impact on all 17 of the United Nations Sustainable mm. Development Goals. And yes. that's, that's rare, but it's also fantastic. It's one of the reasons why we've focused so much on, on facilities management, because the reach is huge. If you think about the built environment, for instance, something that we all feed into, that's responsible for around 39% of all global greenhouse gas emissions. So if we can, as a sector you know collectively work to reduce that impact we can quite literally change the world because we are we have such a positive impact on the bigger picture yes so it's, it's something that really um is inspiring because it, it means that there's an opportunity there and we can really genuinely make a big big difference if we work together and we collaborate and find new innovations and new technologies that can actually drive that kind of change and I think people and organizations are really buying into the fact that we can change it and there is a problem. Yeah. Um, without, you know. Recently, the, the World Economic Forum, um, uh, the 2023 Global Risks Report, uh, it was really interesting because the top out of the top 10 risks that we now face over the next 10 years, six of them are climate change related. Right. Um, and failure to mitigate climate change is the number one risk, the most uh, severe threat our world faces but from a global perspective it's actually the one that we're most unprepared for mm. so it's really important now to to take that kind of action but collaborate where we can actually drive genuine change and and, mm. and find that that impact that we need um and we can do that you know within our industry we've got the ability to to really positively contribute um and and make a huge difference and that's mm. you know I say it's an opportunity source of responsibility because you know we we need to make that change and if we if we do take that action then we genuinely will uh, make a difference definitely and you mentioned technology a minute ago what innovations are are out there at the moment that, that right now that are making a big impact on sustainability so and there's a number of things i mean it's quite we're quite fortunate in the sense that we we create a approved supplier uh, partner program so uh, where we're working with an organization who uh, is is wanting to reduce their environmental impact. And if they're providing a product or a service that's of genuine benefit that's going to help um, other clients to to reduce their footprint, then naturally we, we like to put them together. So 
um, yeah. you know, organizations where, uh, for instance, the supply of, of products uh, you, is, is fully uh, soaked to air. One of our clients, uh, I'm, I'm sure they won't mind me uh, dropping their name in, um, you know, fully uh, um, uh, soluble, um, no plastics in their packaging. It's yeah. um, a non-mixed hand soap. So when that hand soap, just from a basic perspective, if you're um, uh, transporting those consumables and they're all pre-mixed and it's on a massive pallet and it's incredibly heavy, yeah. Um, and because of the nature of that, and there's only so much you can fit on that pallet, then those deliveries are going to be having quite frequently and they're going to be uh, you know, heavily emitting in, in, into the environment. Whereas if you've got, you know, non-mixed, uh, mm. you know, no uh, uh, plastic packaging, very small, you can actually change the order profile so that yeah. you're actually significantly reducing those um, uh, transportation and distribution emissions. Mm. Um, another client of ours is uh, is actually monitoring the the purchasing profiles and delivery profiles of their um, of their clients so that they can then respond to the client to say, well, actually, if you made this this and this change, this would be the the difference in your environmental impact. So it's about educating people so that they can see that. Um, they can make a few changes that are potentially going to you know, provide, you know, commercial, uh, social, and environmental benefit um, based on yeah. those decisions. Technology-wise, um, you know, we've got a, a technology partner who is creating phenomenal ability with with um, monitoring and set and sensor technology. So where you can then enable uh, organisations to have much more of a demand-based. Um, service so rather than sort of standard frequencies something happens every Tuesday or every Thursday or five times days a week or whatever it is just yeah. because that's the way it, it that's the way the frequency has always been set up it might be that that's um, totally above what's required um, mm -hmm. and so uh, demand based management technology so that you know, HV systems and cooling systems and heating can all talk to each other and be centrally yeah. uh, controlled so that you're in increasing the level of efficiency um, there's there's so many things happening, and it's the it's the the companies that are providing that um, that technology and that um, level of innovation that are really going to thrive. Because it's the closer we get to these target years, the more difficult it's going to become. And certainly, there there's certain things that people want to do now, but the infrastructure is not quite there yet, or doesn't really yeah. fit and isn't necessarily appropriate for them. So the more that that opens out and 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 captures and, and provides benefits to, to more organizations that the, the, the faster we're going to get there so it's yeah. really important that we we really push the boundary and, and innovate as much as, as possible and then work out ways that we can actually um, benefit everyone involved in the in the scenario mm. Alan a lot of what you just said though is um it's fantastic but it's so it's so easy to implement so simple as well like the the, the, the idea of transporting products that actually like for example, the soap idea. Obviously, the transportation costs and the carbon emissions are going to be so much lower um, by not being pre-made. It's just so simple and easy to implement, and, and the sensors and whatnot. They actually tend to save money in time, don't they? Even though you might, there might be some upfront costs in time, that will more than pay for itself. Yeah, uh, and then you get the sustainability um, benefits as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and by by having a structured and, and, and targeted approach, it means that you can then start to free up budget for other things. So, mm -hmm. you know, some organizations are going to have significant emissions drivers that um, are really you know, hampering their ability to, to achieve the kind of sustainability that they want to achieve. So by understanding the bigger picture and what's actually available and appropriate to that client, then you can start to show how those savings can then 
free up budget to then start to then be implemented in other areas. So it's yep. a really it's a targeted approach as opposed to just doing some things that are potentially good and there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it could be so much more effective if we do it yep. in a much more strategic way. Yeah, absolutely, and and I suppose that's that's where um, you guys come in. Um, and and what big changes do you think will happen within the the workplace over the next few years that will again further support sustainability? I think I think as the level of um, drive continues, I mean, legislation's certainly you know capturing more and more organisations uh, than ever before. But one of the biggest drivers is that level of expectation and that requirement for detail. I mm-hmm. think that's going to start to become much more within the corporate ethos. So mm-hmm. that um, organisations are the, they're being more influenced by sustainability. So it's 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 infiltrating into all of the organisational, operational, and supply chain aspects. So that it's being considered. Um, and you know we tend to work on that triple bottom line approach. It's got to work commercially. It's got to work socially. And it's got to work environmentally. Otherwise, it's not truly sustainable. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. And I think that it's that decoupling of um, economic growth with greenhouse gas emissions. So we, we of course, we want to um, grow, be more successful and thrive. But we want to be able to do that with the lowest possible impact to our environment and mm. the biggest positive impact to everyone that's involved in that scenario. So when, when people start to see that by actually working together, we can we can achieve significant things that are genuinely going to benefit everyone. Then it's that's going to you know continue to 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 gather momentum. But yeah, I, it's you know it's on everybody's list now. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was still a nice to have um, mm-hmm. or that differentiator. Now it's you know um, it's twenty twenty three, uh, yeah. and we have to we have to really walk the walk. Um, and taking significant action is the only way it's going to happen. And the closer we get to these these uh, you know target years and and requirements, the more the, the the sort of panic, if you like, is going to set in where people are thinking, well, actually, can we do this in this time frame? Because there's an awful lot to do, and and we haven't been doing it. So, I think that sort of pushing it to the to you know further down the list when it comes to the, the to do list. Uh, I, yeah. I, that's 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 definitely going to be catching a lot of people out because it, it, it's something that needs to happen um, in order for us to uh, to secure a livable future. And it's it, you know it's as I said to you before that the you know the six of the top ten global risks are climate change related uh, within the next ten years. You know we do have a clock on this and we yeah. do need to take action. But you know by taking action, amazing amazing things can happen. Mm. And with the input of the government with certain targets and those large corporates, you know, these large organisations having an influence on their own supply chains as well, you would have thought that there's a, a very real chance that we'll, we'll, need to, we'll do what we need to do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Alan, that's been great. Is there anything else you wanted to add at all? Um, no, I think I think it's just really to, to, to make the message clear that it, it, we can do this um, and, uh, you, you know, it's as serious as the situation is and it is we can take action and we can we can generate change and yeah. that's you know we need to just see that as an exciting opportunity um to really get down into the into the detail of where we can drive that change and, and what difference it will make um yeah. and it, it you know people i think people now are, are, are much more aware that it, it does make good business you know if we if we 
if we collaborate with our supply partners, if we assist in the in the wider picture, if we are aware of, of the impact uh, um, of, of of what we're doing, then yeah. we you know we we will use those that that information to influence our decision making. And 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 I think the the, the more we make people aware, the more we empower people to um, to be able to take uh, actions, knowing that those actions are, are going to generate um, benefit, then um, the more it will happen. So uh, I think it's, it's certainly going to be an exciting few years ahead. Um, mm. And uh, and I'm sure there'll be uh, lots and lots to do. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting um, prospect to, to, to see us tackle it. You're absolutely right. And I uh, congratulations on your continued success as well. Thank you. And I, I wish you further success in the future. But thank you very much for your time. Really Pleasure. appreciate it. Thanks. Pleasure. Great to be here. Thank you.